Mike, did you know that the Pentagon is the world's largest administrative building? USA, USA, uh, USA. Well, uh, okay. The second largest is in Romania and has a way better name than the Pentagon. It's called the Palace of the Parliament but also known as the People's House. Uh, That is a better name. And it's also far weirder as well. Construction started on the Palace of the Parliament in 1984 and has still not been completed to this day. That's a long time. A very long time. So the palace is home to Romania's parliament. Located in central Bucharest, its highest point reaches 275 feet and it has an area of 3,928,827 square feet. In fact, this makes it the fourth largest building in the world. After the Vehicle Assembly Building at Kennedy Space Center in Florida, the Temple of the Feathered Serpent in Mexico, and the aforementioned Pentagon. You've been to the Vehicle Assembly Building, right? I have, uh, and I have to say, it blew my mind that something so big could be built by humans. It's, it's just incredible. Well, the Vehicle Assembly Building does not weigh as much as the Palace of the Parliament. You know, I'm not sure that's a way people should measure buildings. Well, that aside, it clocks in an estimated 4,098,500,000 kilograms, or well, 9,035,645,815 pounds, in case you need the conversion. <laughs> I feel like we probably could have rounded that off a little bit. <laughs> nope. In fact, the building sinks by six millimeters each year as its massive weight leads the settlement of layers below the foundation. As we mentioned, it houses Romania's two parliamentary bodies, but also has room inside for three museums, an international conference center, countless bureaucratic offices, with still a ton of space. Now, I may have seen that NASA building, but you've actually seen Palace of the Parliament, correct? Indeed. Uh, My fiancé, Edina, is Romanian. In fact, she's going to join me at the end of the show to talk about some of her experiences with the building. Um, I went there during an Easter holiday a couple of years ago. Uh, Couldn't go in because it was shut for the holidays. But I've seen the building in person, like the the front of it, and I walked down some of the side of it. And it is an obscenely large building. And I am actually going to be going on a tour of it later this year. Oh, that's awesome. I think we should dial back the clocks and talk about the history of the Palace of Parliament. After a large earthquake in the spring of 1977, which leveled parts of Bucharest and killed over a thousand people, Nicolae Ceausescu centered a reconstruction project around what he called the People's House. Ceausescu was the country's dictator at the time. Gotcha. Now, designs were submitted and reviewed, as you might imagine, and construction began in 1984. A neighborhood called the Uranus district was demolished to make way for the project. A monastery, some factories, houses, and even the old city center were torn down to make room for his building. The government relocated some 40,000 people from the area, and the project was carried out using forced labor and soldiers to cut costs. All in all, it is estimated that as many as 100,000 people worked on the site and some 3,000 are believed to have been killed during the construction. It's terrible. In 1989, building costs were at an estimated $1.75 billion. Almost all of the building's materials are of Romanian origin. Here are some quick numbers. The Palace of the Parliament includes 3,500 tons of crystal, which is used in 480 chandeliers, as well as 1,409 ceiling lights and mirrors that were manufactured as well. 
700,000 tons of steel and bronze for monumental doors and windows, chandeliers and capitals have been used. 900,000 cubic meters of wood, over 95% of which came from Romania, for parquet and wainscoting, including walnut, oak, sweet cherry, elm, and sycamore maple. And finally, 200,000 square meters of woolen carpets of various dimensions have been used. Machines had to be moved inside the building to weave some of the larger carpets. Most of the government offices started moving into the Palace of the Parliament in 1994. But even now, only 400 rooms are completed out of the total 1,100 rooms in the complex. The building has eight underground levels, the last one being an anti-atomic bunker linked to the main state institutions by nearly 20 kilometers of catacombs and passages. This bunker was designed to withstand a nuclear weapon. It comes complete with 1.5 meter thick concrete walls, a makeshift military headquarters, telephones, and several residential apartments for state leadership. In 1990, Australian business magnate Rupert Murdoch wanted to buy the building for a billion dollars, but his bid was rejected. I've done some research and cannot find out what he wanted to do with it. (laughs) I don't know. But I cannot get my head around why he wanted it. Very peculiar to me. He's a strange bird. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. The most recent major project took place in 2004 when the National Museum of Contemporary Art opened inside the West Wing of the palace. In 2008, the palace hosted the 20th NATO Summit, and in 2010, a local politician proposed repurposing the building into a shopping center and entertainment complex. This did not go down very well. We'd like to thank FreshBooks for their support of this show. FreshBooks is built to work the way that you do and really helps empower those of us who work online to get their invoicing and even their time tracking done quickly. Every time you log into FreshBooks, you'll see what needs your attention. It has been beautifully designed, as will be the invoices that you send out. And FreshBooks does its best to let you know what you need to do, what's going on in your business and what needs your attention. Find out more and try out FreshBooks for 30 days by going to freshbooks.com slash ungeniest and enter ungeniest in the how you heard about us section. Thank you to FreshBooks for their support. Okay, so joining us now on Genius is Adina Niemsu, who is my fiance, but she also grew up in Romania, so she has some personal experience and thoughts and feelings about People's House. So, Adina, I was wondering, do you know or do you have a sense of how People's House was paid for and if and what impact that made on Romania? So, the People's House was obviously paid from the national budget. Um, a huge chunk of it went towards building the people's house at that time. But unfortunately, at the same time, another huge chunk went towards paying off the external debt of Romania. Uh, but don't think that it's in communism, this sort of stuff just works through higher taxes or price increase. Romanians at the time, actually, they actually paid with their standard of life because the government suddenly started rationing their food, their heating, their electricity. It was quite bad at at that time. So she said about the national debt. So Ceausescu decided that he wanted to pay off everything the country owned. But at the same time, he continued with the plans for building the people's house the way that he wanted, right? That didn't suffer. But instead, the Romanian people suffered. Yeah, pretty much. So the dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu... Was he a bad guy? 
So I asked my parents about that today because obviously I was too young to have any opinions on it. And surprisingly, I got mixed reviews. I was very surprised about it. But the general consensus, I think, it was that his spouse, Ilana Ceausescu, was actually the worst of the two and the real shrewd manipulator, all of that. One thing to know is that both him and his wife were just the faces of a huge machinery, a bigger group of people that would make all of the decisions in the country and they decided what would get in front of them and the sort of decisions they would make. It, it's very possible that they didn't even know how badly the Romanians had it at the time when they decided to do both of these these things. And I think both of them, their weak spots were that they were mainly uneducated, I would say, with a strong complex of inferiority from what I'm, I've gathered. And that it made Nicolae, so Ceausescu, the dictator, very susceptible to external influences and what, are, uh, what other people would think of them or what they would suggest. They weren't very sure on their own opinions, I guess. Whereas Ileana, his spouse, the woman behind the man, she was the one that had this um, dream, these ambitions to to feed that cult of personality after seeing it in North Korea. So she was the one that sort of inspired Ceausescu to go through with all of this. But obviously in the context of not having all of the information, most likely. Uh, but generally, yeah, even my parents, I would say that they would think they thought they were bad people, but they would be able to let them go on the basis that they were uneducated and never informed enough, I guess. But they're much happier now where they are at the moment. <laughs> Your parents, you mean, not the Ceausescu's? Yes. What was Nikolai Ceausescu's ultimate fate? Well, they were both captured and shot against the wall. During the revolution. Yeah, yeah, I think days after. Now, I have heard from some of your friends and from you some kind of nasty but interesting urban legends that surround the building of the People's House. Do you have any favorite stories of that? Well, there's quite a few stories, but there's one particular one that I find very chilling when I think about it. Um, so the context of it is that the Ceausescu's would always go visit around the country to see if progress was made and including the people's house to see what stage it was in. And obviously everything had to be up to scratch when the dictator and his wife came to visit. And uh, against hard deadlines, you can imagine that health and safety regulations would go out the window. Um, so apparently there was what, this one time when the Ceausescu's came to visit um, and uh, the workers were were into it, like working really hard in like three shifts to get everything done. Um, and apparently the night before, a worker, one of the workers, fell into a pool of concrete, and uh, they were so they were working around the clock, and they just couldn't afford the time to go in and rescue the guy, so they left him in there. And the next day, they apparently cut off his arms and legs, covered it all, and it all looked great for when the Ceausescu came and 
they didn't get any negative feedback. <laughs> How terrible is that? I still have a very vivid image in my mind of this, and I think about it every time we see that building or look at that building. I think of the man who is stuck in a pillar somewhere. Uh, that is indeed a very gruesome story. Well, I don't know if you know about the creator's myth, but apparently every building, every new construction needs a sacrifice and someone to be building the walls. Or some it needs some sort of human sacrifice. I swear, look it up, look it up. <laughs> There's a future episode of Ungenius, I'm sure. Um, what did the Romanian people think about People's House, the Palace of the Parliament, as it was being built and constructed? So I can only get the state of like what people thought from my parents or people who were well, older than I was at the time. And obviously they seem to have the same, same impression today. And it's mainly influenced by how much they suffered to see that building rise. And uh, the general consensus is that it was a waste of money, a waste of resources, and it was all done by Ceausescu to seem like the best leader, the greatest leader of the world and to intimidate people basically. Even to this day it's not completely filled and not used to its full potential and it's not finished. Now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think that in general the Romanian people will ever come to accept this building considering the impact that it had upon them? Well, I think that from my generation and onwards i think people are distancing themselves from the suffering that was connected to building this thing so as we get further from that it's just it just seems to be a landmark of bucharest and something that makes us more unique and people would come from all over the world because of their curiosity about communism. So that's how I see it, though I understand it was born out of the wrong reasons and it was not worth it. If you want to find our show notes for this week's episode of Ungenius, head on over to relay.fm slash ungenius slash 21. You can find Stephen on Twitter. He is at ISMH. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. And Adina is at Adina, A-D-I-N-A-A-A. If you would like to suggest a topic for the show, send a tweet to at Ungenius. Until our next weird article, say goodbye, Adina. Bye.